to see the silos, the magnolia silos. Are you obsessed with Chip and Joanna Gaines like most other people in America? I love Chip and Joanna. I have her cookbook on my counter mm-hmm. and I watch them on TV when I can. I think they're great. They are. And you know, like as we were out there, we were reading some more about them and it blows my mind that they still live in a 1700 square foot house. They still live in their farmhouse and look at like what they've accomplished, you know, and they're still living like that. I just think that is awesome. She was out there while we were there. We didn't get to see her because we ended up um, going to eat at the Magnolia table, which I would highly recommend. That was the best breakfast I think I've ever had. The food looked um, fantastic. On oh, your, it was amazing. That was the best food we had. They were filming the Drew Barrymore show while we were there. So Drew Barrymore was there and they were filming her little show with Chip and Joanna both out there. So that was really cool. We didn't, we saw Drew as we were, as she was leaving. You know, one of the things that just stood out to me is it was pretty much as far as what Magnolia had, it was what I would have expected. Like it was very much her brand, you know? I mean, it was simple. It was pretty. It was thoughtful. Wasn't a whole lot of fluff and flash. You know, they have something called the Magnolia Manifesto. And I can't remember if it's listed on their website or if it's on, I don't think it's in her cookbook, Um, but we'll need to pull that up and, and maybe share that because it's just such a you know, it's it's very much a community-based, slow, simple, home is important, make it comfortable, make it open to others. I mean, it's just, it's a lovely way of life. You know, everything that she shares, I feel like, is just what you would want your home, not necessarily visually, but what you would want your home to kind of mimic as far as hosting and gathering and having people serving them with love and and just simple living. I mean, I, th- I feel like that's kind of what she emulates. I found the, I pulled up her manifesto while you were talking about it. She says, home is our favorite place to be throughout all the joys and challenges that life brings. Home always seems to be right in the middle of it. It's what catches us and also what lifts us up. It's where we retreat, where we're restored, and also where we bring our community together to share a meal at the table. But we've learned that a home doesn't have to be a physical destination. Any place you feel known, loved, and always welcomed back is a home of its own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've learned to be careful about what I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> based, sure. Just based on someone's brand, because sure. we know that real life is is different. Mm-hmm. I talk about something called a parasocial relationship in podcasting, and that's um, in the podcasting class. And that's where you have this perceived relationship. It's a one-way street, but you think you have this, you think you're BFFs with whoever it is that you're following and you've never met them, you know? And they do exude that kind of, like you said, you know, come in our house, sit down, have a, you know, they're just so warm. And, but I feel like you're getting the real deal with the two of them. They, they seem very genuine and I love her brand. I love her minimalist decor. It's my favorite thing when I go to Target. I, I love to just go and see. It's not flashy. It's not fancy. It's just, it's very simple. It's clean. Uh, that's what I think too. I think that it's just very, that's that's it. Simple and clean. I think you hit the nail on the head. And that's what I felt like everything that I saw up there was. It was simple and clean down to the food. You know, I mean, it was just good stuff. You know, one of the takeaways that I had coming back from that was thinking like, you know, we could totally learn from how they've set this up and how they, you know, I think, I think what's special about that place is, and I kind of talk about this earlier, was talking about kind of where 
where it was located. You know, I imagine this big wide open field, but it wasn't. It was in the heart of a, of a city and the, the rougher downtown section is just kind of dilapidated. You know, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot going on in that area. And it was almost like breathing new life into some taking an ugly structure and building a beautiful thing around it. And it was just simple and it was thoughtful. But, you know, we could all kind of stand to, to think about that in our own communities. And then just again, to see them create this beautiful, beautiful venue alongside this seemingly ugly backdrop was pretty cool. And I think that would be what their brand is. They're taking things that are less than desirable, right? And turning them into beautiful things. It's not that you have to have new, 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 new. It's taking what you already have and making it fit you and kind of beautifying it, right? And I think that's a lesson we can all use. It doesn't always have to be new. It can be, here's what I'm working with. Here's what I have. How can I make this beautiful for me and in my family. You went to Magnolia Table. Did you do anything else while you were there? We drove through Waco. And one of the things I would say about Austin is I don't feel like it was an authentic, authentic like Texas experience. And the funny thing is I have several blogger friends that live out there and they all kind of said the same thing. They said, Austin is weird. And when you get off the airplane at the gift shops, it has, you know, there's shirts and banners and things that say, keep Austin weird. So it was definitely different. I would kind of liken it to an Asheville in a, in a way, in Asheville, North Carolina. Eclectic. Eclectic, right. yeah. yeah. But there was also really awesome things about it. I mean, you had amazing restaurants and a really cool downtown area. You know, so you had that. But when I envision Texas, I imagine like ranches and longhorns and, you know, just cowboys and all that. And, and, and you don't get that in Austin. So we actually, on our way back from Waco, we pulled up the maps and we got off the interstate, Amy, and we literally drove on grass roads as far as we could, as we could make it. And that was probably my favorite part of the trip. That sounds sad, right? I could do that here, but I love seeing other areas and other places and seeing how people live and, you know, seeing their farms and seeing their land. I think that's the Appalachia small town in us that we appreciate old fences and old homes and things like that. So that part was really, really fun. We actually had thought about going up to Crawford, which was a little bit above Waco because I think that's where Chip and Joanna live in that vicinity. And that's also where George Bush has his 1500 acre ranch. So we thought about doing that and then we kind of ran out of time, but there's beauty everywhere you go in a different way. I am biased, but I think we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world because we have four seasons. We have four very distinct seasons. We have mountains, which holy cow, you don't realize how beautiful they are and how much they enhance your landscape until you don't see them. And then on the flip side of that, we went out to Texas and it was flat. And, you know, my first inclination was like, gosh, I love it back home. But then the more I was out there, the more I started appreciating beautiful flat land and these huge live oak trees. And it's just a very, very different scenery, but beautiful in its own way. When you go somewhere and it flattens out like that, you don't realize how much of the sky we miss with the mountains, when you get to see the sky in its entirety and you get to see the sunset and the sunrise because the landscape is flat. I think that's a different perspective that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. And we really don't get to see that. You could do Magnolia in a day and 
I wouldn't go back. I didn't buy anything, Amy. Like they, I, I bought a few little tiny things from vendors, but everything at the market you can order online. So, you know, I didn't want to fool with trying to cram it in a carry-on bag whenever I could have it ordered online and shipped to my house. Right. But it was small enough. You know, again, we the spring vendors, um, the spring fair or whatever it was, made it a little more busy in terms of like more to do and more to see. But you could easily get there. You could have breakfast at Magnolia table and go straight to Magnolia and spend your day and be done. It's beautiful. I got to see it. I'm glad we went. It's off my bucket list. We've done San Antonio and Dallas, and it was surprising, just like you were talking about being surprised at what it was so shocking to see the Alamo for the first time and see this tiny tiny little place in the middle of skyscrapers. That was what I was expecting. Yeah, everything is just built up around the Alamo. Oh, see, I wouldn't expect that. Yeah, it was really wonderful. And I love San Antonio. They have this wonderful river walk and it's, it's, just a beautiful little city. Isn't and that Dallas, funny though, how we build things up in our mind? Everything like, is bigger. Yeah. Everything seems bigger. Right. Oh, I, mean, I just actually, thought Magnolia was acres and acres. Well, and the of same things. thing, you know, when we went to Dallas, of course, we took the kids with us because we had a conference. Of course, we wanted to take them to some historical places. So we went to the site of, um, President Kennedy's assassination in the, oh, the wow. book depository. And that's a very small place. You know, in the pictures, it looks like this this giant place, but it's really this, the grassy knoll that they talk about is really this tiny little, tiny little section of, wow. of grass. And uh, they have a place marked on the road where he lost his life. And, um, and then the book depository is a museum, yeah. which is really interesting to visit. So, yeah. Yeah, I recommend Dallas San Antonio, San Antonio, but I I really did like San Antonio. I would definitely go back. Well, that's good to know because, like I said, we loved it out there. The people were very friendly. You know, it reminded me of home in that way. You know, worth getting to kind of experience and see. So yeah, and I think they are they have done what so many people want to be able to do and mm-hmm. are trying to do, and that is to take something that you know how to do and you love and you have a passion for and you do it really well sure and, and make your living from it i mean i think sure. that's, that's the that's the american dream that's that is the that, ultimate goal is to be yeah. able to work so much or work work in a job that doesn't make you feel like you're working because you enjoy exactly. it so much so we're getting ready to have our first chip and joanna Gaines experience i suppose um we are closing on our flip house tomorrow that's exciting so yeah we're gonna we don't know a whole lot about it um about this has been a literally a dream of mine since i was a little girl i just love we remodeled our family farmhouse whenever ben and i got married and kind of fell in love with that process. Not that I'm an interior designer or I'm talented at those things, but it's just, it's something that I enjoy and it's fun for me. So we're closing tomorrow and hopefully we'll kind of get in and start working and trying to figure it out along the way. Certainly. And I I think it's going to be exciting to follow you on that journey. I can't wait to hear about how it goes. I'm sure mm. there will be parts of the process that won't be fun, but no, yeah. it'll be worth it to know that you've got something at the end of it that is going to be exciting. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. All you need is a microphone, your recording device, and a quiet space. 
Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, within minutes of finishing your recording. If you use the link in our show notes, you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card just for signing up for a paid plan, and you'll support our podcast. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. We used to grow tobacco um, for years. That was our family. Like We, we did had- too. Did we you did really? Too. Yes. Yes. Oh, I knew we were soul sisters. So I you know all about the tobacco patch. Many, many, many hours in the tobacco patch with a hoe oh. in my hand. Oh, me too. And I tell you what, if that don't build character, I don't know what does. Um, I can remember, oh my gosh, in the spring, this time of year, actually, that was whenever we'd have to go pick up rocks. And I used to swear that rocks like mated and created new rocks because we'd pick up rocks every spring after my dad would plow. And then we do it every year and they kept getting, there was more that would keep appearing. And I'm like, this is rocks have babies. There's no way this is humanly possible. <laughs> Did you get to ride on the tractor? And oh yeah. Plane? That was, now here's the thing. Like you, like me and my brother would fight over who had to tail behind and who got to ride. And man, when you got to ride, you were sitting high. If you had to tail, yeah. like I was it cussing was the whole promotion time. Oh, it was a promotion. Oh, it was a promotion. It was a promotion. It was For those of you that don't, don't know what this is, it was like this rotating wheel thing and you put the tobacco plant in there and it wrote it the wheel went down and it planted it into the ground and then yep. someone followed along and made sure that it was in there and patted yep. the dirt around it and made sure the row was straight and everything and it was a big job it was you a big sure job you did it right it was a big job but you know so much of my childhood and my memories were in the tobacco patch just because we did that as a family me I too mean, as much as I hated it exactly. as much as I hated it because a lot of it has to happen in the in the sunshine and the mm-hmm. heat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom would entice us and say, if you'll, if you'll do this many rows, we'll go, we'll go to the swimming pool. And I would just, all I that is do, hilarious. I get to go in cold water. As soon as- <laughs> Amy, that is so funny because that was us. I mean, I can remember like, I'll take you to Teddy's and get you an ice cream. We yeah. got 10 more rows to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is so funny. And, and, but I'll tell you the part that I did enjoy um, was in the fall when they would grade mm-hmm. the tobacco leaves, the family would come together in the barn Yeah, and I can remember, and I've written about this. I can remember every, all the generations coming together and mm-hmm. they would grade tobacco, which is where you, for those of you that don't, don't know, it's where you categorize the leaves mm-hmm. based on their texture. And, you know, it's been so long, I can't even remember what it was based on, but you, you put the leaves into different piles depending on what, Brittany, their texture, their growth. Um, I can't even yeah. remember what. So the, the, the bottom leaves were trash, essentially. Those mm-hmm. were, they, they were a lighter weight. Um, and then the middle leaves were probably the most dense and the most, had the higher price. So the, you know, and the top was a little more tough. So you'd pull the leaves off and put them into different stacks and they would put them in bales. Um, and they would ship out to tobacco companies. And of course, we don't do that anymore here um, because of the buyout and things like that. I mean, there's a few families that still do. But it. what I was getting at with that is that was a family affair for us. And that was that was all of us working together. Granted, I make it sound like a fairy tale. It was not. That was me and my brother fighting the whole time. Me waking up in the morning at the butt crack of dawn, 
hating my parents because I had to go to the tobacco patch at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning. But looking back on it now, looking back on it now, like we would laugh until we were delirious because we were hot, we were thirsty, but we were working, we were learning values of hard work, but we were also spending time with our family. And so I think that's what I'm most excited about with this flip is we very much plan on including our kids and expect to include them on the things that they can do just so we can have that that family work experience. And I think that's one of the things I think is so impressive about Chip and Joanna is that that's a, that's a huge part of their brand is, is their family. And you see them including that and, you know, including their kids in lots of ways. And I miss being able to have those experience. I don't miss the tobacco patch, <laughs> but I miss being able to kind of have that experience with my kids. So I'm excited to try this out and kind of see how it works as a family. I think that's everything because when you we don't realize how much they observe and listen. Mm -mm. And when you include them in something like that, when we were grading tobacco in the barn together, what I remember is the stories and the laughter. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember overhearing the stories that they would tell and, and just, I loved that. I loved that togetherness and closeness. It was, it was almost like being together at Christmas or something, except they were working. Oh yeah. our, your kids are going to be observing that and learning from you. And, mm-hmm. you know, we try to do the same thing. And that's why I, I, I tell my husband, whenever we're doing projects, it's so important to include them for that reason, even if they hate it. And even if it slows <laughs> you down, it. because it, yeah, yeah. Even if it slows you down, that's right. Even if it slows you down. It's, it's, that is so important because if you think back again at that moment when you're that age, you don't know what's happening. You don't know that you're learning life lessons. You don't know that you are like learning things that you will take with you and pass on to your kids, but you are. And, you know, I think in a culture now where we value so much, you know, everything but family, it seems like, because we're distracted by jobs and phones and, and video games and social media and all these things that pull families apart. It's important to remember, like, the things that you remember most about yourself growing up were the times that you were with your family, working, holidays, whatever, but you were with your family. So ways that you can, you know, still kind of create that that strong center, I think is so important. Well, Brittany, that sounds like a remarkable trip. Sounds like much more fun than, well, I don't know. I've kind of been having fun. I've been spending my spring break organizing and cleaning and creating. And, you know, we don't get enough time for that. Oh, that's fun. I'll say that's been fun, but it sounds like a great trip. And I'm excited to hear more about the house flip. I just look forward to, let's just bring spring on. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for warm weather. I might go put myself tanner on and wear shorts today. Maybe. (laughs) Okay. Well, well, I look forward to talking to you again. All right. See ya. Bye. We'd like to tell you about a couple of our sponsors, Ivy Attic Company and Curated Social Strategy and Consulting. Ivy Attic Company's mother-daughter artisans craft sustainable jewelry and book charms from vintage books, glass, and organics. We specialize in custom designs inspired by our love of literature and the mountains. Browse our Etsy shop at ivyattic.co for our literary coal, river glass, and mustard seed collections, along with Riley's resin designs. You can connect with us through our links on the show notes. Curated Social Strategy and Consulting provides next-level social media for businesses and brands. Serving clients nationwide, Curated Social helps you tell your story. We believe that exceptional social media is client-focused, audience-centered, and begins with a curated and strategic approach. We offer customizable plans for our clients from social media content calendars to weekly consulting meetings to full account services. 
You can learn more about these services through the links in our show notes. 